Thanks for joining the podcast with Tamara Gondor. Conversations with everyday innovators that reject status quo, think differently, and make a positive difference in their world. Listen in so you can ignite innovation, influence others, and make an impact too. And now your host, CrossFit addict, knee-high sock lover, and according to her kids, average cook, Tamara Gondor. Welcome back to another incredible episode of With Tamara Gondor. That is me. Hey, listen, before we dig into this incredible interview, I just want to remind everybody of something that I think is really important as we're trying to push boundaries, achieve new things, differentiate ourselves in a cluttered world. Here's the thing about these interviews that I think is so cool that I know that I've gotten a lot of value of, and so has the audience as well, is we have a lot of different people on here, different experiences, different industries, different ages, different parts of the world. And you might be scrolling through the podcast list and you might go, oh, I don't have anything in common with Marcy. She's in real estate or I don't have anything in common with, um, with this guy because he lives in Iceland and has a food company. But here's the thing I want to remind you of. Great innovation, great aha moments and ideas often happen at the intersection of random. And each of the people that we have had on, all these everyday innovators, have all had some incredible insight and brilliance to share, just like you probably do, those of you listening. In fact, call me. I'd love to have you on the show. But my point is, go seek out some of the podcasts that you actually look at that person and you go, huh, I don't think I have anything in common with that person. The more of these disparate people and ideas and perspectives you hear, the broader your perspective comes. So with that, let's broaden our perspective today. So excited for today's interview. Emily, welcome to the show. Tell the world who you are and the world that you are in. Hi, Tamara. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so my name is Emily Breeden, and I currently work for a small business called Smart Buildings Academy. And we've been, we're helping advocate for the the smart buildings industry. So when you think of hospitals, schools, uh, office buildings, there's tons of systems that run those buildings, run the HVAC, lighting, security, all that stuff. And we're really helping train and the workforce development um, of this industry. So trying to get more people into it and also help advance people's careers that are already in this world. Can I ask you a quick question on that? Because as you we were saying that, I was, yeah. I was actually thinking two things. One is I was thinking, wow, so much happens behind the scenes in, an, in any building <laughs> that we don't even think about with all this technology in particular. Yes. And the second thing I was thinking is, wow, I bet there are a lot of people whose jobs have become for lack of a better way to say it, just to be blunt, irrelevant, or their skills have become a little bit outdated and they could really use something like this because this is where it's all headed. It's all these smart systems. And so I don't know, I guess I just wanted to get your perspective on that. Cause I kind of see these, these two things working together when you just share that with me, it just kind of popped in my head. Yes. So that's the interesting thing about our industry is we have people come from all over chefs, you know, people who are in theater, theater lighting, service industry, insurance agents, people that are looking, you know, to really find a career in um, where they're going to make really good money and be in really high demand and be challenged and be learning something new. So um, yes, there is a lot of behind the scenes that goes on and a lot of buildings are, they're constantly evolving, you know, and right now there's a huge shortage and that's, that's kind of why we're here. There's a huge shortage of of skills and people who know how to do this stuff. And um, it's, it's a huge opportunity for people. 
it's a huge opportunity for people to change their lives really and change their, change their, the direction of their careers. Um, I love it. I just, I, well, when you were saying shortage, I was thinking to myself of the recent keynotes I've done for groups in construction, real estate, and in insulation, people that blow insulation and how they're having that same issue of like, we can't find people. I know we hear about the great resignation, but I think there's kind of a bigger issue going on in construction and in buildings around attracting people. So, all right, enough about the industry. I just, I had to ask you that because it popped into my head. I want to talk about you, Emily, as an everyday innovator. <laughs> so all right. you, you had just said there's a huge opportunity here. And I love the way you frame that because I'm over here like, there's two challenges. And you're like, yeah, tomorrow there's an opportunity. And so <laughs> let's talk about challenges for a minute. What, what big challenge have you faced and how have you overcome it? Oh man. Well, you, you know, a little of my background. So I like, I heard this phrase one time that you know, your career is not necessarily going to be a ladder. It's going to, it could be a climbing wall, which I love because I love climbing. <laughs> but also, I mean, sometimes you have to go up a route and maybe come back down and try a different route. Um, and so, as you know, I was working in Boise and I left my corporate job to go to Peru. I, I got a job in Peru, completely different industry. And so I was in a foreign country. I think the most, the biggest challenge I had was I had moved my life to another country, um, kind of just because I wasn't really happy with what I was doing in Boise uh, after the pandemic hit. I just, you know, I was hearing, I was hearing the whisper of not this. And I love, sometimes you really need to listen to that whisper, whether it's a job, uh, a relationship, or even just a shirt, you're, you're out shopping and you just hear that, you just know in your body, like, you know what, not this, this is not it. So I felt that. And at the time I was feeling that, I got a, an opportunity for a job in Peru. Long story short, uh, didn't really do my research. <laughs> and I kind of, you know, as you know, from my I, IQE profile, I'm a risk taker. So I went to Peru for a job. It wasn't exact. I, my values didn't really align with where I was and what I was doing. And so I was getting that whisper hardcore of not this. And not only that, but my entire body shut down. I, I got really sick while I was there. And so I was dealing with um, parasites. <laughs> if you've ever traveled and had that, you know, that's not fun. And then I found out I had COVID and, you know, with all the symptoms, luckily no hospitalization, but I was dealing with that. And then I found 10 days into my quarantine that there was mold in my apartment. <laughs> Just all at once. And not only at once. <laughs> yes. And I had gone through a breakup. <laughs> like all of this was all happening all at the same time. And it was actually one of those moments where I just had to start laughing. I'm like, okay, universe, what are you telling me right now? <laughs> and really, um, all of that was a blessing because really it was for me, it was the moment where I realized the job that I was at and the the what I was doing as a career really was not for me. And um, and that's when I decided I needed to make another change. And, you know, it was there was a, my ego was fighting me with all its power because I had taken this job and I wanted to be right. I wanted to say, yes, this was a great decision. And this, this was the best, um, you know, this role was what I thought it was and I was right, you know, but I really had to admit my, to myself that sometimes, sometimes you try things and it doesn't work out and that's okay. Can I, and, can I ask you a couple yeah. questions before you go on, Emily? Cause you said two yeah. really big things in there that I just want to take a second to dig in a little bit further on and make sure that we're all hearing it. One is you said the whisper of not this. 
And I, I think that all too often we ignore that whisper and that whisper really matters. And it matters in our careers and our lives, in our relationships. Like you said, going shopping for a shirt, like it, it kind of, it shows up in all these little places. And, and I'm just curious um, when you started, if you realized that voice was happening in the beginning, that little whisper, or if there was a moment or a way that it got louder or loud enough for you to really go, I got to pay attention to this, not this. And it sounds like it kind of happened a little bit two times, which is great, right? Because that's your point about the climbing wall. You go up, you come down, you go up, you go over, then you go up. You know, it's like, it's a little more circuitous. Yes. So I think I got it pretty quickly into starting my new job in Peru because it was an office job. I was working 24 seven and I just, I didn't feel supported and my energy, I could feel my energy was very depleted. And I was getting the whisper, but my, I was fighting it. I was, my ego was fighting it with all its, its power <laughs> um, because, you know, I made such a huge change and I was like, this is my dream job, blah, blah, blah. And I wanted to be right, you know? Of course. Yeah. So, so I started, so I was fighting it and that I think is why all these other things happened. You know, I got really sick um, in multiple ways. i found toxic mold in my apartment. I, you know, everything in the universe started screaming at me. Hey, if you're, you're not going to listen to Yes. You're not going to listen to the whisper. We're going to start, you know, I'm going to start screaming at you until you you listen. (laughs) And so it was as soon as I listened to, you know, when I got really sick and when I was going through this hard time, instead of just, because at first, yes, I did. I did have the victim like, Oh my God, why is this all happening to me? And then I started asking, wait a second, why is this happening for me? How, you know, how is this happening for me? Why could this all be happening? And I realized, okay, something isn't right. Something needs to change. And then once I made the change, I got better. (laughs) I healed. I was able to travel Peru and have fun and, you know, came back to the U.S. And sure enough, I heard from my friend who was hiring for this company and it was exactly what I was looking for. (laughs) It is amazing to me how sometimes uh, the universe, whatever you believe in, right? Religion, spirituality, you know, whatever for anyone out there, how it really does knock you upside the head sometimes, but it is up to us to listen to it or not, right? You could have stayed there. And there's definitely been moments in my life where I've stayed in place because I wasn't listening to the universe, not because I was stuck. Because I really just wasn't listening. And it's it's fascinating to me. And I want to ask you about the ego thing for a second, because um, one of the things that I know that I've been, I've struggled with, not guilty of, I've struggled with is like, I'll put a big goal or something out into the world on social media to my friends, whatever. And then I have this fear of having egg on my face. So to your point about wanting it to be the right decision, right? Like whatever it is, I didn't achieve it. I didn't get it. It didn't work, whatever. And I really struggle with that still to this day. Although what I've found is that people want the best for you. So nobody, really people don't judge you. It's your own judgment. That's really the problem or your own fear of their judgment that never happens. And I'm just curious how you got over that ego hurdle, because I think for a lot of us, Mm -hmm. that's actually the thing that holds us back from making the change we want to make is we're afraid of what other people might think. Absolutely. And I think we're afraid of what if this, what if this is the wrong decision? And I have to tell everyone that, oh, maybe this wasn't my dream job or maybe I wasn't right. And I think the way that I got over that was I realized that maybe this all happened for a reason, first of all, because there were some beautiful things that came out of that entire experience, including 
Um, you may have seen me post, I'm working with, I'm volunteering with a nonprofit that I got connected with while I was in Peru, helping install solar energy systems for orphanages and schools. And I would have never, ever gotten connected with that if, it, if I hadn't have taken the chance on going to Peru. Um, and so really just looking for the blessing of, you know, who cares what anyone else thinks? Um, but also, because of my experience, I was able to, well, I just reconnected with an old colleague who just moved his entire family and his life down to Texas for a new job. And he's going through the same thing um, where he's he's getting the, not just the whisper, but he's starting to get hit upside the head of the, with the not with, not this. And I talked to him and when I shared my story, he just, you know, he just said, thank you so much for sharing that because, um, you know, it, it's empowering him that maybe just because he made a decision and it didn't work out that he's not a failure if he decides to go back to where he, you know, where he was. And, um, and that everything happens for a reason. You know, if you can look at every single challenge as what did I learn from this? Oh, and another thing about what I learned while I was in Peru is I got really, really clear, crystal clear on what I wanted to do after Peru. And so I, I, everything I learned there, I, I wrote down, what do I want next? I had no idea how it was going to show up or what it was going to be, but I wrote down, I want something flexible. I want something remote, good money, great team. Um, I don't want to go back to a big corporation. I want to work for a small business. I wrote down everything I wanted and sure as shit, <laughs> I get back from Peru and my friend reaches out to me and it was no joke, like to a T exactly what I had written wow. down that he... Yeah, it's just, it's insane how things like that happen sometimes. You know, um, <laughs> it is insane. And I think that there's a couple, of, oh my God, so many things going through my head. Well, let me back up a second. <laughs> Number one is, I think changing that one word to me to for me makes a huge difference in how we are able to handle the problems and the opportunities that come our way. And it's not saying that it's not a problem or it's not happening, right? You're not necessarily putting on rose-colored glasses, but it gives you a just a whole different perspective that allows you to see the opportunities inside of it, or maybe at least how to solve it and move forward. Where if it's happening to you, I think you have no control. So, cause that's the victim side, like you said. So I love that you said that. And I just want to make sure we all kind of hear that. Um, and the second thing I just want to say is, cause this is what I hear you saying, Emily, and I feel like maybe this is what I need to hear right now. So maybe this is the universe. Sometimes I feel like with these interviews, <laughs> it's like the timing is just right. You know, when like it's been delayed or it couldn't happen, right? Like ours kind of got delayed a couple months and, and then it's just right. So maybe it's the universe. I think if we stop white knuckling things, things come to us. And, um, part of that is not getting so focused on what you want in the sense of like, it has to look specifically like this, but saying this is, I'm clear on what I want, but how it happens, the universe can like, we, I, it'll come to me and not white knuckling. Like it has to be specifically these things, but also show up in this way. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it was circular, but. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's helped me a ton in my life is to let go of the how and the, and the details of exactly what things are supposed to look like but really to focus more on the feelings, like how do I want to feel? Um, and what are, and kind of like with this, this job, I mean, I got really clear on what do I want in a job? And I came to a point actually where I was talking to two companies, the company I'm with now and another one, the other one was definitely 
the safer option and, you know, bigger company benefits, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, and I looked at, you know, I really thought about my list of, of flexibility, remote, can I be innovative? And um, is it a nimble company, you know, and all this stuff. And I realized that there, it wasn't, even though the other company at first, that's the one I thought for sure I was going to go for. I ended up doing this one because it aligned with all the characteristics that yeah. I had been putting out there. So, well, they're like great guideposts, right? To, for decision making, I think. You're listening to Conversations with Everyday Innovators on With Tamara Gondor Podcast. Let's take a moment to thank our generous partners that make this possible. I want to take a moment to talk about my friends at Howdy Puppy. Dogs experience all the same problems as humans when it comes to joint pain, anxiety, digestion, and arthritis. A great way to help our four-legged family members with these ailments is with CBD-infused pet treats. Who doesn't like treats? As you longtime listeners know, my Mastiff, Zoe, is part of my family, but is getting older and has some anxiety issues when strangers come around. Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats has totally changed her disposition, and I know she feels like her young, energetic, confident self when she gets Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats. There are many CBD-infused dog treats on the market, but the truth is that many of them are overpriced and ineffective. We've looked at dozens of CBD dog treats and found most of them disappointing. Howdy Puppy is among the best brands in the CBD pet business. They deliver consistent quality, and their treats look and taste amazing, according to our dogs, of course. The company makes CBD dog treats in three flavors, steak, bacon, and cheese rolls. All of Howdy Puppy CBD treats contain natural ingredients, including high-quality full-spectrum hemp oil, all sourced and made in the USA. Full disclosure, I'm an investor in Howdy Puppy, but before I put my name on the company, I had an independent lab in Denver, Colorado, verify the quality and consistency of their treats. They are truly as advertised. Go online today at howdypuppy.com, link will also be in the show notes, and use promo code TAMARA, T-A-M-A-R-A, that's me, to get 20% off the absolute best CBD dog treats on the market. You will not be disappointed. Howdypuppy.com, promo code TAMARA. Don't let them suffer needlessly. Let them enjoy life too. So this has been so great. Let's flip it before we run out of time because I could just keep digging on the universe and like not white knuckling. Uh, what is a win or something you're really proud of? Yeah, I think the thing I'm really proud of is like I said, while I was in Peru, I got because of where the company I was at just for this brief moment. And again, you know, um, synchronicities, whatever you want to call it. I, I happen to be at the company while while this other uh, nonprofit was looking to get connected with some orphanages and schools to do these solar energy projects at. And because I was in the right place at the right time, I was able to not only help them because I had all these connections, but also I left that job and was able to physically spend time helping do the solar projects. Um, And then recently I was actually elected president of their board for this company. And so I'm, I'm getting... I'm going to go back in April and help with another project. And it's just, it's something that I'm just so, 
I'm proud of the fact that we are making a difference for trying, you know, we're helping these communities um, and solar energy in Peru is just because of where they are and how uh, strong the sun is. It's an insane opportunity there to, the, the dollar goes a really long way in a solar project in Peru. So anyway, very proud of that. It's, it's a lot of fun and it's something I really believe in. That's very cool. Congratulations on being elected to the board Thank of the you. vice president. Um, and it's cool Thanks. that like, to your point, you even though Peru in the sense of what you thought it was going to be, didn't turn out that way, this whole other thing came out of it, which to your point is what's like, why is this happening for me? It's kind of how that shows up, right? What What is uh, something that innovative that you've done to help yourself go further, faster, differentiate yourself, whatever it may be? Um, so let's see. What I had been, what first comes to mind is just the fact that I even quit a job to go to another country. Um, I think I think what helps me a lot is just to experiment, is to look at everything as experiments and um you know, sometimes I jump before I really know all the details. And that's something I probably should <laughs> should work on a little more. But at the same time, I think um, really just, um, yeah, just just taking a chance and, and taking, looking at things as exper- experiments. And really, that's helped me a lot, that mindset. So I really like, you know, I'm a big fan of experimentation and cultures of experimentation with yourself, with your teams, but I don't want to be assumptive. So Will you talk a little bit about what that experimentation means or looks like to you and kind of how it's helped? Sure. Um, Let's see. So for example, I mean, even just with, I think I told you, but I'm doing the 75 hard challenge. Boom. (laughs) So even, yes. So in this challenge, you have to do, um, you have to do workouts twice a day, which one of them can be walking or yoga. Um, But it's really helped me to experiment with different activities and, um, you know, maybe there's something I'm interested in jujitsu, um, rock climbing, like I said, salsa dancing, there's so many different ways to kind of get out there. And I mean, it can be, this can be applied to anything. It can be applied to being in sales, experimenting with different messages that you reach out to people with. Um, I think just even I'm learning that less is more when it comes to reaching out to people, just people, rather than telling them everything you're doing and who you are right away, just reach out and just say, Hey, do you have time for a chat? (laughs) Um, so yeah, I think, I think just using it in your personal life and for business, it can help expand your life in so many ways, you know, teach you a lot. Yeah. Teach you a lot. And I think that mindset, Emily, for you is, is a big reason why you've been able to really move forward and be really successful and have, and have this journey along the way is because when you, when you think of things as an experiment, they're not a failure of success necessarily. I mean, you may have failures within that and wins within it, but it's, it's like a step to the next place, a step to the next place. And it just, I find that treating everything like an experiment, um, takes off some of the pressure of like, this has to hundred percent work or I'm a hundred percent a failure, which is where I think a lot of us, including myself get stuck a little bit. But when we th- see things as an experiment, to your point, like it's, it's easier. I think it's easier to move forward. Do you find that? Yeah, I think so. And I just think it makes life a lot more fun. And I'm <laughs> just, yeah. I, I think Good my point. goal in life is to have as much fun as possible. And so, you know, if I'm looking at a goal as like you said, something I have to white knuckle and something that 
I have to push and struggle and, uh, you know, to the point of it's not even fun, then, then maybe it's not the right thing. But if you look at it, okay, here's an experiment. Let's do it. If it's fun and it works out, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And what did I learn? Like, what what did I, to your point, like, what did I find out about what does and doesn't work along the way? I love that, Emily. And it really does speak to, so you're a risk taker imaginative. And um, so let me just tell for everyone listening what that is. So risk taker is all about innovating in the leaps, right? In the uncomfortable. So I have risk taker in mind too. We tend to like to leap and then figure it out is actually where we innovate best. So we're sometimes seen as impulsive. It actually is calculated risk, but but it's in that risk that we actually do best. We don't do best comfortable and other people do. And then the imaginative side for you is all about novel playing in the gray space in the gaps. It's all about creation. So it's interesting because your combination is then bold and novel, kind of how you think and how you innovate and create a problem solve. Um, so yeah, I just, first of all, I just want to tell everybody kind of a little bit about you, you know about you, but a little bit about you, because it's an interesting combination. And I would, I guess my question to you is, do you see how that do you feel like that's played out in your life as you think about the journey you've taken to like, you know, to where we are today having this conversation? Definitely. Yeah. I, I've, you know, I don't know if you've heard the phrase or term multi-passionate thrown oh, around, uh-huh. but that's, um, so there's, I think Marie Forleo, if you've heard of her book, Everything is Figure Outable, she, she's the first person I heard it from, but she calls herself a multi-passionate. And that's, that's really what I have seen myself as because I've, in terms of risk-taking, I mean, I've done a lot of different things. I've jumped into to a lot of different things. I actually did a year-long health coaching course because it was I was really passionate about learning about that. And even though I'm not a health coach now, it was still one of the best investments and things I've ever done because of how much I learned and the people I met and where it led me, you know? Um and then in terms of imaginative, I mean, that goes along with just how many different, like the multi-passionate thing. I've just, I've tried and experimented with so many different things. Photography, I do this thing called fairy hair. So I install sparkles in people's hair. Oh, fun. And that's another thing I do for fun. I don't know. I'm involved in so many things and that I definitely could see that with the imaginative and risk taker profile. You know, Emily, you said something that I just, um, I just like looked at my team to take a note about what you were just saying, because I wonder if I'm gonna have to go back and look if risk takers in particular, if you have risk takers, part of your power triggers, your everyday innovator style, if you are more prone to pursuing your passions beyond a little bit of a hobby. So what I mean by that is like you were talking about health and then you went and got a coaching thing, right? And it was doing that for you. And it's not flighty. It is like, I have this passion, so I'm going to take it to a little bit of a further degree than maybe most people will. Yet I'm also passionate about sparkles in the hair. So I'm going to do that too. And like, cause I have it too. When I look at my life and my hobbies, they tend to be a little bit more than weekend hobbies for me. If I'm passionate about something, I can't just leave it as an every now and again thing, I have to dive in. I have to dive all in, even if it has nothing to do with my day-to-day world. And so I wonder if there's a pattern there that you just brought up. Absolutely. That's a hundred percent accurate. I also got my yoga teaching certification (laughs) and funny, funny enough, I actually got into that course. I, after only doing yoga for like three months, like I tried yoga, it blew me away with how much I loved it. And I jumped right into the course didn't teach for six years. I just started teaching two months ago. But you needed to <laughs> take the course, it. right? Like, why wouldn't you take the course? You like yoga. Exactly. Yes. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. That's why I have but my... But it took me that long. Yeah. Oh my gosh. 
it's, it's, I, I'm going to have to do that. I just like gave my team a look because I was like, we need to look into this and see, and we need to do some surveys with our audience, with all our IQ, you know, the tens of thousands of people across the globe and see if that's a pattern that comes out of yeah. like, it, like the different styles. It's super interesting. All right. So as a risk taker imaginative who has your hands in so many things, what advice do you have for other everyday innovators of all that, you know, as you know, there's many styles out there, but what advice do you have for them to, to innovate and impact and influence and kind of, you know, do the life that you've been doing? I think the advice I have is what, what has helped me a lot because first impression, if you didn't know a lot of this stuff, you might think, wow, this girl's all over the place. She's trying everything, doing everything, you know, moving everywhere. But what's helped me a lot is getting really intentional um, with my life. And when I say that, I mean like morning routine, for example. Um, I have started in the last couple of years, every single morning, you know, I wake up, I, first of all, I say, thank you for another day. <laughs> and I, I meditate. I started meditation about a, a year and a half or two years ago. And I wouldn't have gotten into that without that health coaching course, by the way. So that's one of the things that came out of that course. Um, so yeah, just having a, having a, an intentional morning to really set up your day that, so like I said, you know, um, waking up meditation, um, working out, drinking more water, all the, all, all the things that you do to take care of yourself. This is really what has helped me expand and become more conscious with my life. And it's something that, you know, I just want to continue. I want to continue refining. I want to continue just starting to understand that, like the, not this whisper, what other whispers are there, <laughs> you know, and really just learning how to slow down and listen to myself, my heart, my intuition as opposed to just running from thing to thing, which is how I think I lived in the past before I really understood, actually, before I started yoga. I think yoga is really when I started learning how to be more intentional with my my breath and my life. <laughs> you know, if, if I was just to say, as I think about this podcast, this interview, and what I kind of am taking away from it, and everybody kind of takes away their own nuggets, but I guess two things. One is listening to the whispers. And I do think there's so much value to we're so the chatter in our head is so loud and it's pushing us and driving us. I just had an interview the other day with a woman named Chris, who I think it was released last week when we're doing this interview. She talked about becoming a person of being, not doing. And not that she's not productive, but like not making that checklist her gauge of success, but how rich she's living and how present she is. And I think the whispers are part of that because you can't listen to them if you're like white knuckling all the time. But the other thing I say, Emily, that I'm so impressed by with you is I love that you have your hands in all these different pots and that not for a couple of reasons. One is it's you pursuing your passions and good for you and or finding out if you have a passion somewhere. But the other thing I'd say is when you look at people who really live a, a life that's full of innovation and creativity and kind of, you know, that getting around those brick walls when they when they are presented to you, they tend to be people who are curious about life and explore different things. And it's not to say that everything becomes their end-all be-all, but having that exploration and that mindset of exploration, I think is really powerful. So thank you for that reminder, because I think I'd forgotten that. Sometimes, especially when work gets busy, I get really head down. And what a great reminder that everything feeds everything else. Mm -hmm, definitely. I love it. All right. So my last question for you is a personal one. What would, what would we be surprised to learn about you? Hmm. Let's see. Well, and maybe 
I don't know if anything surprises anyone anymore. <laughs> I was going to say the sparkle thing, but actually maybe I'll tell you that salsa dancing is my my newest passion. So I, I had learned it the first time I went to Peru about six years ago. Didn't do it for five, you know, multiple years and then started again. And this is the first time I've actually been consistent. And it's it's amazing. It's it's your brain. I mean, it's obviously a workout, but it's also like the biggest workout for your brain. So salsa dancing, huge fan, highly recommend it. <laughs> now, I, maybe I've heard this wrong, but it's also something in because you're doing like left, right, like cross lateral movements. That's part of the reason it's actually really helpful for your brain. Aside from the music and the joy, I think there's a lot in that too. But I've also heard with salsa in particular, like there's something in the, how everything comes together. I believe that. I, I've done zero research on anything about what it actually does to your brain. I just know after class, my I'm just like, oh my God, I'm exhausted because <laughs> you're, you know, you're learning place. so many new things. Yeah. And um, you're just, yeah, it's a blast though. Because when things start to click, it's kind of like climbing too. I mean, you know, you start, think it's like a brain, it's almost like a puzzle. And then over time, things just start to click and you you feel that satisfaction of, okay, starting to get it. Like my body is starting to remember these moves. <laughs> oh my God. Emily, thank you so much. It has been a real pleasure to connect with you and to hear about your life and your journey and to, to get some of those nuggets of wisdom out about kind of how you thought about things, how you've gotten through things. And I think how you're living on the other side is such an, is such an everyday innovator life of just like curiosity and passion and joy. And it's wonderful to see. So thank you for coming on and sharing it with us. Thank you so much for having me. It was great to see you too. Congratulations. By listening to this podcast, you took another step towards becoming an everyday innovator. To leap forward, visit www.gotolaunchstreet.com and take the Innovation Quotient Edge Assessment to discover your unique everyday innovator style and access the Everyday Innovator Digital Magazine for the top tools, insights, and inspiration at your fingertips 24-7. Tomorrow, we'll be back with another Everyday Innovator conversation soon. In the meantime, if you got a nugget of value out of this podcast, let Tamara know by leaving a five-star review and comment. Your review equals more guests, more listens, bigger impact. Until next time.